Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the- seen stories and information and so much more plus your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum it's the rancho obi-wan virtual museum subscribe now at ranchoobiwan.org get tons of cool perks information and history of star wars collecting from the man who knows it best steve sansui while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest star wars memorabilia collection ranchoobiwan.org <laughs> This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hello, what have we here? This is Lando Calrissian, and you're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And what a nice scuttlebutt it is. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast uh, it is free of technical difficulties, I assure you. I am your host, Brad, with me, as always, the scuttle to my butt, coming from beautiful Hoth, the uh, rebel hideout, is Ro. Ro, how are you doing? Good, good. The uh, rebel hideout is buried in almost a foot and a half of snow. You should see the cars. You can't see the cars, is what I'm trying to tell you, but... Uh, yeah, we've been plummeting. Uh, we've been plummeted with snow out here, and uh, I know the uh, southern portion of our country is suffering as well. And uh, I know I, I made uh, a little uh, remark on Twitter regarding uh, people posting their uh, snow uh, south of the border. Um, well, some border, but uh, I know people are are suffering with no power and uh, are not, uh, you know. There are some folks are in trouble, so I hope they get out of it soon. I hope uh, they get their power back, and uh, I really hope all this melts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Uh, no snow here, just cold and wet, but, uh, you know, the South is not built for this sort of thing. If they forecast snow here, we all shut down because uh, we're bad enough drivers when it's uh, you know nice outside. So when it's snowy or icy, it gets even worse, but uh Glad to hear you're doing well, hanging there, and to everybody else, you know, for the you know rest of the country, uh, you know, hang in there. You know, this too shall pass. So, but uh, yeah, we were talking about some Tatooine hot takes last time, and we had so many of them it busted over. So now we got to keep talking about it. Yeah, we had a couple of great topics from some of our followers and some of our listeners. So thank you everybody for that. We are going to continue, and I know tongue in cheek, we kind of uh, ended last week's episode 
with uh, our little comment about uh, retconning and that wonderful R word that uh, we used to kind of uh, joke around that we don't say around here, but here we are a year later, and uh, we're talking about retconning the sequel trilogy. I know, uh, I forgot who uh, suggested that as a topic, but uh, why don't we just get our hands dirty and talk about that? Yeah, there's a lot of people that want to... uh you know, toss the sequel trilogy over their shoulder like uh, Luke Skywalker <laughs> did to his lightsaber in, in The Last Jedi, so I think that's appropriate. And uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, but uh, I can tell you, I, I think the closest thing to it happening is they'll make slight modifications along the way to suit their story. They're not going to – anybody hoping for a complete retcon, it's, it, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Disney invested too much into it. And whether you like the sequel trilogy or not, they did make a lot of money off of it. Uh, and there's a lot of merchandising attached to it, so uh, which they're making plenty of money off. And don't forget, uh, Galaxy's Edge down there in Disney is built off the sequel trilogy. They're not changing that anytime uh, soon. So it's not going to be retconned. However, they may make some minor story changes along the way, maybe modify, you know, uh, just the way the rise of Skywalker kind of threw shade at uh, the Haldo maneuver a little bit um, when they said that was a one in a million opportunity. Uh, obviously, there were some changes to hyperspace travel that you mentioned in the High Republic series. Uh, so they're, you know, how we see it may be uh, changed a little bit by uh, some story updates, but overall, I seriously doubt they're going to retcon it as a whole. Well, you mentioned something interesting, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but uh, a while ago, I was on with the uh, guys over at Wookie Radio, and uh, we talked a little bit about that. Obviously, you know, he's very connected to Disneyland and, and Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars stuff down there. Um, there had been rumors that. Uh, Galaxy's Edge was going to get a uh, slight makeover, and I neither, you know, confirmed or denied from uh, Mike over at Wookie Radio um, about that. But there was uh, some talk about uh, doing a little bit of a makeover and switching Galaxy's Edge over to the uh, the timeline during uh, Boba Fett. So. If it's true, that would be interesting. That would be kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a complete 180, but, um, you know, you talk about uh, money being made and obviously merchandising for The Mandalorian. Uh, you can't keep that stuff on the shelf long enough. Um, and by the way, uh, Wookiee Radio celebrates their 200th episode this week, so we want to give them a shout out, uh, part of the Red 5 Network. Uh, congratulations, Mike and the gang over at Wookiee Radio. But what do you think about that, having Galaxy's Edge kind of... Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, retconning to uh, something other than the sequel trilogy. I had not heard that. Uh, that's uh, that's some that's some pretty impressive news there. And yeah, congratulations to the guys uh, over there at uh, Wookie Radio. Um, but uh, that would uh, that would be something, and I think that would be a strategic move for Disney. Uh, we obviously the fan base is divided on a whole bunch of things. Uh, very little division, though, as far as that time period goes around the Return of the Jedi Mandalorian period. We seem to be fairly, well, well the exception of uh, one thing that we'll talk about here in a little bit, um, as far as the Mandalorian goes, pretty united on that front. And I think from a marketing perspective, that would make sense. 
Um, you know, everybody loves uh, what happened to the end of Return of the Jedi, where you know there was a lot of unity there in the Star Wars universe, and then just what the universe was at that time period, directly following it, um, like in the aftermath uh, time period, um, and the Mandalorian, and all these other shows that they're working on right now. I think that would be smart. Um, the th I never understood why they decided to go with that, um, um, you know, with that idea with the outpost there in, at Galaxy's Edge. A lot of people weren't familiar with it. Uh, for a lot of that stuff, it's not mentioned anywhere in the in the movies. You have to go to the books or the comic books to have any understanding uh, of what that outpost is and who those characters are there that, uh, you know, people are interacting with. Uh, obviously some of the ma more major characters are there as well. Um, but a lot of those characters that work the, uh, you know, the merchandising shops, a lot of people have no idea who they are. So I think if they did uh, move it over to a more recognizable time period, I think that would do very well for Galaxy's Edge and for Disney. Yeah, and I know uh, we heard rumors uh, way back uh, during the uh, early years of the Disney sale how George Lucas was still kind of connected uh, monetarily-wise, I guess, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, royalty-wise to yeah. his trilogy, obviously. Uh, I know we, you know, he sold it to to Disney, and everything that Disney invents from that point was theirs. So from a business standpoint, if they didn't want to give George Lucas any more money, it would kind of make sense for Disney, you know, to to continue with their line of Star Wars and leave the past uh, behind them. Um, but uh, yeah, it, there's no shortage. <clears throat> there's no shortage of fans uh, really clamoring for some of this new stuff, especially when it comes to the Mandalorian, you've got uh, Grogu, you've got, uh, you know, Boba Fett, uh, some of the new action figures that are coming out, uh, especially, like I said, for Mandalorian, you know, a lot of the um, shelves at the stores are, are, are pretty bare. I mean, people have been uh, gobbling all that stuff up. Um, so, it, you know, if they do change it over, it would be interesting. You know, I, definitely, I think there would be a lot more of a connection to uh to that time period for a lot of fans and not only just the new fans um but uh you know again you know as i talked to mike uh at wookie radio that episode um last week there's a uh you know there there's a connection obviously between uh older fans and the original trilogy and um we'll we'll see what happens if it does happen uh that would be really cool uh but uh, i think at this point they are still rumors yeah definitely and we we know how how that's gone in the past um yeah i couldn't believe that after what was it a four billion dollar deal between lucas and disney sure uh, after all that he was still able to uh retain some of those royalty rights for the original character i didn't know that for quite a while i'm not sure if that's common knowledge uh, that he still retains some of that those royalty, actually a lot of those royalty rights for the uh, original characters, uh, which is why most of the merchandising you see is for the newer characters. Um, that blew my mind uh, when I found that out. So, you know, I think that being said, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. They probably will set it if they do change the look uh, and the feel of Galaxy's Edge to um, – that time period directly following Return of the Jedi in that Mandalorian time period. So that, that would make sense, and that's a pretty good information. That's what we're all about. <laughs> sure.
we mentioned uh, the division within the fandom and uh, what may be causing that. And, uh, you, know, you know, we're not here to get into the politics of it. That's not our thing. We're here to have fun and talk some geek stuff. But, uh, you know, there is the elephant in the room of the character. I guess it would be the Bantha in the room here. Uh, there you go. Of, there uh, you go. Yeah. What? Uh, Got to keep it in universe, you know. Uh, what are they going to do with the character of Cara Dune? And uh, obviously, I think there are bigger implications. We sort of talked about this on our uh, Red 5 get-together that we had over the weekend. Um, you know, the the specific question is, what are they going to do with the character of Cara Dune? The broader question is, what are they going to do with the Mandalorian show as a whole? We already know their primary focus right now is the book of Boba Fett. Um, so, you know, I, I think people would be happy with a Boba Fett show if that were to continue. Um, but you know, if they do continue with the Mandalorian show, uh, you can't just erase, well, you can, uh, but, uh, what do you do with the character of Cara Dune? What do you think? Do you think they're going to recast her or, uh, is she going to go the way of Luke Skywalker and disappear and have the whole galaxy looking for her? What do you think they're going to do with her? Yeah, that's, uh, that might be an easier fix. You know, I mean, you know, her, her character was absent for a while. I kind of think that her story is, is done. I, I think obviously, you know, there were animations that, uh, that she was going to be the lead on the, um, what's the, the show, the, the Rangers, um, the Rangers, new, new Republic uh, Rangers. Yeah. But, uh, I think as far as the Mandalorian, they can probably get away with a line or two of dialogue to explain, you know, what happened to her or, if she, you know, went away, uh, I'm not sure if they've even, you know, finalized the scripts for the Rangers show. Uh, that could be changed. It's just pen and paper, so to speak. So that could be changed uh, right, right then and there. So I don't think they have a big issue. I think, you know, if they started doing Rangers and she was in it halfway through and she was the star, might be another, uh, another uh, issue at that point. Yeah, I mean, the truth is we've heard very little about Rangers of the New Republic. So, you know, we, we all assumed, I think, that she was going to be in it. I don't think they specifically said that. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Uh, so, like you said, they can go any direction they want with that show um, or it gets delayed for a while. Um, but, yeah, I uh, she did say, though, when he did go back and uh, to, to meet her that she was all in as far as uh, helping him out. Um, but, uh, there are a lot of, a lot of fans, uh, directly, uh, uh, in favor of Gina Carano being Cara Dune. So I'm not so sure that recasting her, uh, would be a good idea. I don't know. They kind of got themselves in a the pickle uh, on that one. Um, but, uh, I, I think it's, you know, easily fixable, like you said, um, and, and they'll keep going, but, uh, I would be, if, there might be a Cara Dune type character, but I could see her, uh, you know, having an early demise possibly in the third season of The Mandalorian. Yeah, could be. We'll see what happens. We are uh, a long way from a uh, third season of The Mandalorian, so in that time frame, anything can happen. That's right. And, uh, you know, we mentioned the Boba Fett show uh, that's going to be, uh, that's about to be in production, I believe. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to that. I don't know if anybody not looking forward to uh, seeing Boba uh, in action uh, on Tatooine after taking over Jabba's palace. There was some uh, pretty big news this week from Charles Soule. 
something that he's been wanting to do for a while now. Obviously, anything from Charles Soule is quality material, uh, whether it be the old Vader series. Uh, he wrote uh, Light of the Jedi for the New Republic um, and uh, currently working on Star Wars comics. And uh, he announced that uh, he will be working on a uh, uh, big crossover event for Marvel uh, involving Boba Fett. And, uh, you know, it's going to be in the period uh, of the original trilogy. And uh, there'll be some big hitters in that one. Uh, you may remember one of the Dark Horse comics uh, from the 1990s uh, where Boba went head-to-head uh, -head with uh, Darth Vader and actually held his own uh, with Vader. And uh, in this new series, uh, there'll be some uh, big-time characters in there, including uh, Jabba the Hutt. Darth Vader will be in there and the Black Sun uh, Crime Syndicate. Those will all be in that series that's going to run from, uh, I believe it's May to October of this year. Uh, so that's a that's a pretty big uh, comic book series. Looks like at least uh, five or six issues. Uh, so that's going to add some good information uh, and some good background uh, for Boba Fett. And I think they're working to increase his um, street cred, if you will. You know, it's been one of the biggest criticisms of Boba is all we saw was him, you know, getting taken out like a chump by Han Solo in Return of the Jedi. So I think they're working to beef that up, and uh, I think they'll add to his character pretty well for that show that's coming up. Do you think they'll do a little kind of uh, almost a prequel-ish kind of setup to maybe help establish his footing on Tatooine as we saw him obviously sitting on the throne and replacing Jabba or replacing uh, Bib Fortuna there? I think uh, that would be a smart move on Disney's part, and Charles Soule's very slick about how he does that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, we know that Jabba employed Boba uh, quite a bit uh, for bodyguard services and, and other things, tracking down folks. But there definitely looked like there's some more history there than we might have seen on screen. So I think you're right on that. And then when you bring in um, uh, the Black Sun Crime Syndicate, you know, that's uh, more uh, reason to make a make another solo movie. I believe that's the hashtag you uh, use. Make another solo movie, or uh, we need another. We need a it's, second uh, solo movie. One yeah, of those. What is it? Uh, it's uh, make another solo. I think it is. Yeah, make another solo <laughs> sequel. Hashtag uh, solo, yeah. solo, dose. Use any of those hashtags, folks, on why we need. <laughs> Another solo movie. Hashtag yes. another solo movie. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to uh, add more uh, plausibility to that idea of, of them making another solo movie. But uh, it should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of people obviously skipped solo in the theaters um, for one reason or, or for one reason or another. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I watched in the theaters. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, didn't enjoy it as much as uh, Rogue One. Uh, speaking of spinoffs, uh, you know, standalones, but it, you know, it was still enjoyable. They definitely had some great surprises in Solo. Um, I, I've been pestering you to team up with another Red Fiver so we can kind of pick Solo apart. I don't think we ever got to that, but uh, well, maybe we'll do that in the future. But uh, yeah, War of the Bounty Hunters. Charles Soule. Anything he does is uh, is 
is full of surprises, I think. I think it should be a, a really great read uh, for comic books. Uh, and speaking of comic books, uh, you want to give out your local comic book store a shout-out. Where do you get your books? I know you're a, you're a big comic book nut. Absolutely. Every Wednesday, you got to be there. Soundwave Comics here in Somerville, South Carolina. Greg and the folks that work with him, uh, they've been running that shop. Oh, man, it's it's been over 10 years, probably closer to 15 years now they've been over there. He started off as a little, um, uh, you know, he had records uh, when he first showed up there because um, he's into music, he's into vinyl, and uh, just a few comic books. And now uh, he might be expanding into a newer, bigger store because he's had so much business lately, which is great to hear. I'm glad uh, he's been able to uh, survive. The, the store has been able to survive uh, the, the uh, pandemic and uh, seen a lot of good local support. But, uh, yeah, visit uh, Soundwave Comics here in uh, Somerville, South Carolina. That's awesome. And here in Chicago, we've got uh, Graham Cracker Comics downtown, if you guys are familiar, if you guys are Chicagoland, uh, Chicago area folks. And uh, my friend Tom over at First Aid on Taylor Street on the south end of the city, really great guy. Tell him that the Scarif Scuttlebutt sent you. And, of course... Our ScarifCon home Alley Cat Comics. Check out, uh, say hello to Celine and Andersonville and Alley Cat Comics. Really great folks. They have been hosting our ScarifCon for the last couple of years. Uh, can't say uh, enough great things about all of these comic book stores. And yeah, it's been a rough year for comic book stores and for a lot of businesses. So if you guys, uh, are into helping small business, I encourage you guys to uh, check them out and support them. Yeah, and when you're there, buy things that you wouldn't normally buy. If That is, if you have the money to spare. Um, don't uh, spend foolishly. But if you have a little extra, hey, buy a souvenir, buy a, a statue uh, that might look nice on the countertop. Uh, and uh, that will definitely help support them and keep them going. Absolutely. Now I want to go to Alley Cat and... Uh, buy a statue oh man somebody uh uh twin sons outpost posted a, a statue of um asajj ventress nice and uh i that thing i have to get my hands that thing is freaking gorgeous and uh, the level of detail that they put in these statues is unreal absolutely and one of our patrons uh amanda uh, amanda was uh talking about her statue i think she bought a uh, an anakin skywalker and uh, she's waiting for that to come in. I told her to post a picture of it because uh, it looks really, really awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Ro here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks, Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. And speaking of comic books and bounty hunters, 
Our friend Dominic Pace is going to come back to the show uh, sometime in April so we can sit down and talk to him about his upcoming tour. It's going to be exciting. He's got a couple of announcements that we'll let him make. But uh, he and I have been uh, texting back and forth and talking about uh, coming back on the show. And uh, we're really excited to have him and obviously our tie-in with him. He's going to be here in Chicago as well. And uh, we'll be doing some fun stuff with ScarfCon 2021. It uh, is very surprising, and I love the fact that we've been able to kind of uh, keep that uh, that event going for uh, all these years. So ScarfCon 2021 will be held uh, at Alley Cat Comics in Andersonville uh, this time. And, uh, well, every time. It's uh, It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, you've done a really great job with those, and the Navy still has me in limbo, but uh, force willing, uh, I'm going to get out there and join you guys. We'll see. Hopefully, I'll have some answers sooner rather than later, so we can actually plan ahead a little bit, Um, but uh, great job on that, and um, kudos to uh, Dominic. Uh, He's been uh, real good to the Star Wars fandom, and uh, also his work uh, supporting small businesses as well uh, that he's done across the country. Uh, so he's doing great things and uh, wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. Cheers to you, Dominic Gecko the Bounty Hunter. So I wanted to ask you, so last week we asked all of our listeners, what kind of force power would you like to have? And we got some really great responses. Uh, our friend Tim Tringle mentioned the ability to see the future as Yoda inferred in The Empire Strikes Back. I don't know, uh, Brad, if you remember that movie uh, back from uh, 1980, uh, part of the Star Wars trilogy. It's not uh, the best, but it's it's, de- it's <laughs> decent. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. But uh, that's a hot take. But uh, he also said, difficult to see. Now I'm talking about Yoda, not Tim. Difficult to see the future is. Wanted to ask you, have the Jedi been covering their butts all this time with all this mumbo jumbo? You got that and you got from a certain point of view. Uh, Really interesting uh, comments made by Jedi uh, to kind of suit uh, their, uh, their narrative. What do you think about that? Well, I've never been a huge fan of that phrase from a certain point of view. Anyway, I think that was um, Jedi speak for uh, mental gymnastics and uh, whatever works for them. uh, You know, you know, every time Obi-Wan said it, he was lying, uh, but we won't get into that. Um, But uh, yeah, I think the Jedi may sound weird. I think they hedge their bets a little bit saying something is the will of the force. Um, but if that didn't work out, then, uh, well, you know, the, the future is always in motion. So difficult to see. <laughs> uh, we, we thought this was the right thing, but yeah, that didn't work out so well. Uh, so, you know, yeah, whatever. And we even see that, uh, even more in the, uh, high Republic, um, series. They, they allude to things like this in, in both books, uh, that are out now, but, uh, the, the major novels that are out now. Uh, so I think there is some truth to it. Um, I don't, I think they, they meant well. Um, but, um, you know, they talk about pride a lot. Uh, the Jedi do. Um, and they admit that's that, you know, that can lead to a downfall, but I think they were prideful. Um, they were, you know, uh, 
on top of their game. Um, but I think they may have let their heads get a little bit too big uh, from time to time. Um, and uh, they uh, overestimated their own abilities, I think, in a lot of cases. So I think Tim's on to something. I don't think it was malicious. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, we, we see it in the High Republic. We've talked about this on previous shows. Um, I think they may have done better not aligning themselves so closely with the Republic. Um, you know, and uh, I like how there's a new type of character for anybody who hasn't read um, – either Light of the Jedi or uh, Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Um, but uh, they, they mention a, a type of Jedi uh, called a Wayseeker. And uh, I like this type of character. That's a, a character who doesn't want to align themselves too closely with the Jedi Order as a whole. And uh, uh, those who are not too keen on what the, Je uh, the Jedi Council does, uh, this is some, more, somebody more like your Qui-Gon Jinn character or even Count Dooku before he left the Order. Uh, and they go off and do their own thing and they try to become more in touch uh, with the Force itself. Um, so I think the Jedi letting themselves get so involved in politics and with the dealings of the Republic. Uh, yeah, I think they lost uh, a lot of the vision uh, and they lost the ability to... Uh, understand the force in many cases. So yeah, I think Tim Tim's on to something, um, but not totally. Uh, what do you think? Now you're talking about, uh, you mentioned a while ago, you said uh, high Republic, the, the story that, that we're just, that we just finished reading. Uh, you, you mentioned that the Jedi seemed off or the, the, the balance were off. Uh, what is that what you were talking about? Or are you talking more, specific that uh that there's just no other outside threat like the sith in in our original trilogy that we're you know that we know yeah so um we we both finished uh light of the jedi and uh <clears throat> and i just finished uh into the dark or actually one chapter left with into the dark by claudia gray um both books are really good storytelling i think uh, i was a little um uh, unsure for about 75 percent of into the light uh or i'm sorry light of the jedi by uh, charles soul but i think he brought it together pretty well there at the end um and i do like how they went from light to dark in those titles i just noticed that but oh, yeah. uh, what what uh what i noticed like while i'm doing this while i'm reading these books uh something felt off to me like why does this not feel like a normal star wars story and that's because there is no, there's no Sith in these books. Um, there is no, um, into the dark does there are, the dark side is involved in that. Um, but the villains that they're fighting really just a bunch of pirates is all they are. Um, and in the new book by Claudia Gray, um, spoiler alert, uh, minor spoiler alert. Um, they fight some dark side plant creatures. Um, which, uh, you know, that, that type of creature does exist in other uh, stories and other um, science fiction and stuff and fantasy. But uh, they're making all these stories with no Sith. And uh, I, I'm just wondering what you thought about that and <clears throat> what begs the question. Obviously, we've all been talking about in an old Republic series. Why did Disney pick this period to write their stories about when they knew full well that there was no prominent Sith. The, the Sith were there, obviously. We know that from Darth Bane all the way up to Sidious. They were working in the background. 
but there was no Sith to fight. Why did they pick this period? Uh, and why didn't they go with a period that had Sith prominently involved? Uh, and do you think that, how, how do you think that, you know, makes for Star Wars storytelling? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, a while ago we did pose that question. What elements of Star Wars are needed uh, to be present in order for it to be, you know, to feel like a Star Wars? We got some really great questions. Obviously, we had folks that really aligned with the idea of the, um, I guess, the original, you know, fight between good and evil. There's obviously dark side and light side. You had folks that really wanted to get into the, you know, the the, the minutia of, uh, you know, rebels versus empire. Um, what else is there uh, as far as uh, you know what Star Wars is? You know, lightsaber battles, even stuff like that, spaceship battles. But it, it does, you know, pose an interesting question. You, I, I also kind of felt that uh, the novel was uh, slightly off. I even I even called it uh, a halfway decent or a really good Star Trek The Next Generation episode because there was something missing. And I don't know, you know, you might have hit it right on the head. I don't know if it's the Sith, which is, uh, a, you know, a very original threat in Star Wars. You always, there's always been a Sith, you know, counteracting in the background and maybe... Maybe they're setting something up in order for the Jedi to change or evolve or devolve into the characters that we're used to, at least the characters as they, you know, start to turn out uh, in in what we know in, in the prequel trilogy. Uh, who knows? This might be the very beginnings and uh, inklings of of other phantom menaces in the background, working in the background to, in order for these Jedi to kind of change their rules, change their, cause obviously there are, they do have different rules at this point. You talked about, you know, the Jedi uh, getting it on um, no attachment, but uh, you know, you can get a little booty call there uh, if it suits you. Uh, so I don't know this, I, as far as why Disney picked this, uh, this era, uh, besides the fact that it's it's an era that we really know uh, very little about, but it, it's going to be interesting going forward to see how the Jedi, uh, you know, do end up changing. Because at the end of the day, everything that is told beforehand, you know, ends up in the in the era that we obviously are familiar with. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's it's an intriguing question for sure. Yeah, I mean, I hope they are building on it, like you said. I hope there are. are elements working in the background because it is out of balance. I don't care how awesome, how badass this, uh, the Nihil are, um, you know, they have great technology, um, but they're Raiders and then that's all they are. I don't care how awesome they are. In, in the end, they are no match for the Jedi. And we want to see these for compelling conflicts, um, where you don't know whether the Jedi are going to live or not. And, we don't have that right now. They're, the Jedi are going to win. There's no counterbalance to them um, from a um, you know power perspective, from an energy level perspective. There's no there's no comparison to the Jedi at this time period. So I, I hope you're right. I hope they're building off of it. Um, I guess uh, the High Republic is going to go on for for a while. So hopefully these elements they're just building off of it and they're 
starting small scale and it's going to build up to, yeah, there are elements that the Jedi were not aware of. Um, but, uh, I mean, still we're talking about, what is this? Two to 400 years before the movies, they'll never be able to outright fight the Sith because in episode one, uh, they think that the Sith have been gone for, you know, a thousand years, uh, since the Darth Bane time period. So I don't think we'll ever see a, a full interaction between a Sith and a Jedi. Um, if we do, I don't think the Jedi is going to live through that conflict. But uh, it was just odd, and I uh, would love to hear what uh, the listeners think about that. Uh, what do you think about hearing Star Wars stories uh, that don't involve the Sith? Uh, do you still like the storytelling there? Um, but uh, leave us a comment on Twitter or leave us a voicemail and uh, let us know what you think. Absolutely, and I'll drop the number right here, 773-234-8659. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think of uh, not only uh, this topic, but any other topic. And if you have any suggestions for future Tatooine Hot Takes or future complete show topics, let us know, 773-234-8659. I'm Christopher Walken. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was, but it absolutely. Hey, Star Wars fans and friends of the podcast, don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659, and that's the scuttlebutt. I just want to give a, uh, a quick shout-out to uh, some very wonderful people, uh, besides our patrons, uh, which are also very wonderful people. But we've got some brand new followers that I, uh, I definitely want to uh, shout out one particular follower, uh, Chantal729. She just discovered the show. And Brad, she's actually uh, going back and listening to episode one uh, live from, uh, not live. It was, uh, the, our initial show from Chicago, from Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And she is working her way up from that show all the way now. And, uh, it's really fantastic and humbling to hear that, uh, that she's doing that because, you know, obviously a lot of people, you find a show, you start from their current one and kind of work your way back. But uh, she's starting from number one and working her way up. And uh, I, I guess, according to her, she's enjoying what she's listening to. So thank you so much, Chantel729. Uh, that is awesome. She has now officially listened to more Scare Scobut podcasts than I have. <laughs> uh, you have the pleasure of uh, editing these things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she's listened to more than I have. Good. So hashtag uh, be like Chantel. We, wanna, we can uh, – add that to our list of uh, hashtags. Uh, but yes, thank you for that. And uh, let us know what you think as you uh, listen and go along. Brad, I want to just uh, mention uh, we've given, we've given away so much stuff here on the scare scuttlebutt podcast. It is our pleasure. We've got R twos that we've given away, dark sabers, books, uh, posters, Funko Pops, uh, original art. We've got we've given a, quite a few things away in our toy box. Uh, I did a Twitter poll a while ago, and we asked some of our uh, followers if uh, if I should give them all away as a one as one massive Scarif swag gift pack, or if I should spread the love to multiple uh, multiple followers. Uh, do you know what people wanted? Because it's, uh, you know, we're here for you, people. Yeah, we got to spread the love. We got to spread the love. Absolutely. 
So yeah, the majority response was to spread the love on our way towards the road to 2,500 followers. And uh, we're almost there, Brad. Uh, but again, you know, it's just a number, but we just kind of like to see, um, you know, how we're doing. And it's always just fascinating to see uh, new followers find the show. Uh, as I mentioned, Chantel uh, 729 has found us and uh, we just want to keep going. Uh, I wanted to uh, put out a, uh, a, you know, a little uh, contest, a little giveaway thing, and and just remind folks that uh, you can't win if you if you don't listen and uh, follow the uh, instructions here. But I want you guys to uh, tag a friend, follow us, and answer the following question. And uh, let's see if you know what the answer is without telling folks. But uh, in the original Star Wars. Uh, Luke's call sign is Red 5. I wanted to ask everyone for uh, winning a couple of gift packs. I think I'm going to set up uh, five gift packs because we're talking about Luke as Red 5, and we are part of the Red 5 network. So who was the original Red 5 who died in the Battle of Scarif that Luke replaced? So who was the original Red 5? Uh, I just gave you guys a hint on where to find the answer to that. And uh, we are giving away... We got a couple things that we're gonna, giving away. I got, a, I got a whole closet full of stuff. So uh, five people will get uh, some Scarif swag sent to their, to their house. And uh, we're going to spread the love that way. What do you think about that? Are, are we looking for a specific name on this one? For his name? That is correct, yes. His uh, or her name? Sp- I don't want to give it away. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so well, that I'm should glad, be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me this on the censure mode, because I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know his name, or her name, uh, whichever. Uh, I'm not going to give it away. Um, I'm not, because I don't, I mean, he's just read five in the movie. Uh, so that would, I'm, that would, is this a Trevor Beast question? That sounds like something that would come from Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, it might be a Trevor Beast question. I'm not familiar uh, with his it's name. Definitely a deep dive, but so uh, go study, yeah. people. Go study, and then try to go win some study. stuff. But yeah, like I said, uh, tag a friend, follow, and have them follow us. Answer that question, and uh, we will set up a couple of scare swags that uh, should be a lot of fun. And I know, you know, I've been trying to give away a couple of Funko Pops, the Empire Strikes Back 40th Edition. That'll be in one of the swag boxes. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a couple of different swag boxes, and I will assign numbers to them. I'm not going to know. Well, I'll know what's in them, but uh, when people win, I'm going to ask them what number, and then just send them whatever number box uh, is there, and uh, it'll be a surprise to them uh, what uh, what they get. So that should be a lot of fun. And all you need to do is follow these instructions. That's that's it. That's it. We just want to give we just want to give stuff away. That's all. Exactly. And hit us either in the DM or uh, you know hashtag us. Post your answer and uh, tag it Tatooine Hot Takes. Hit us in the DM. I don't. That sounds sounds funny. But, <laughs> <laughs> but do it. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Ro here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. 
Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Speaking of Red 5, though, Red 5 is uh, growing quite a bit lately. There's, uh, I think we, we might have enough... Uh, wings in in red five to actually uh combat uh to take down the empire we got some uh, new podcasts to talk about that have that have joined uh you want to give a few shout outs there absolutely so uh we added a couple of new podcasts on the red five network at the escape pod uh we did uh, uh scarif live or red five live with them uh just a couple of days ago so there was a lot of fun that we had there and also Ashley and Brandy, a Star Wars journey. Uh, really great gals. Uh, I've listened to a couple of their shows. It's wonderful because they are just finding the Clone Wars and they're doing kind of a uh, an initial watch. I, I wouldn't call it a rewatch because it's their first time. And it's something that they're discovering. They're uh, tailoring a couple of shows uh, devoted to the Clone Wars. And it's funny because obviously, you know, we've seen them already. But uh, I'm listening to the show and I'm I'm hearing them talk about it and I'm like, yeah, this is this is that and this is why and you know you can't wait till the next episode. So it's a really uh it's really fantastic. And uh, the guys over at uh, the Escape Pod, uh, if you guys want to check them out on YouTube, they do their shows on YouTube live every uh, weekly at uh, seven o'clock. I can't remember uh, what days they do their thing. Let me see. Uh, while you're talking, uh, I can maybe check. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the Clone Wars. I'll actually be on a Star Wars journey with Ashley and Brandy. And uh, we're going to be discussing the first 14 episodes. That's a lot of talking uh, of uh, <laughs> season two of the Clone Wars. Uh, so I think that's this weekend we'll be recording that. So I look forward to joining them. Uh, you know, give some different perspective. They have that, like, like you said, that fresh perspective. They're watching it for the first time, and uh, I can just nerd it out with them and uh, tell them about all the connections and who's this and what are their intentions. So I'm glad you reminded me. I have some serious Clone Wars that I need to watch uh, to get ready for that show. Wow, you're gonna blow their mind. That's what I'm here for. But uh, at the Escape Pod goes live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Check them out. And, uh, yeah, that's a lot of fun. I love when we do these live shows because it really gets us going. And I know the last time we did a Red 5 Live, we had a lot of fun with those guys, too. Yep. And, uh, you know, there are all kinds of interest here in the red five network. We talk about star Wars, but we also talk about all kinds of other geeky things, uh, including the, the Marvel cinematic universe, the DC movies, um, you know, video games, you know, there, there's something for everybody at the red five network. And with that in mind, I uh, want to also, uh, let everybody know we have another show joining us and that's the Snapcast podcast. It's run by my good friend uh, Rob. Uh, we are we serve in the Navy together, um, and that is a Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, 
Uh, so, uh, and I actually was on their show quite some time ago, um, before even the, um, Scarab Scuttlebutt, uh, I was on their show. So they, they've been doing it for a while now. Um, for those interested in Magic the Gathering, uh, they mostly talk about uh, the modern and uh, some standard uh, formats, but they do talk about all aspects of Magic the Gathering. Uh, and you can find them on Twitter at Team Snapcast and uh, check out their podcast, uh, The Snapcast. Um, like I said, uh, they're joining the Red Five, and uh, now it's a good excuse for me to go back on their show. Uh, I love Star Wars, but uh, I also play Magic the Gathering uh, pretty religiously with my sons here, uh, and uh, they love it. Uh, great game. Uh, a lot of fun. So check out the Snapcast, and again, on Twitter, at Team Snapcast. There is so much content on the Red 5 Network and a lot of voices, a lot of uh, different interests. Uh, really cool stuff, man. So check out red5network.com, the number five Red 5 Network. If you know, you know. Another quick shout-out to the folks over at WSTR, my Chicago Imperial Brothers. They've got uh, a really cool interview coming up next week. Uh, they're talking to Dan Zier from uh, Coffee with Kenobi, and uh, he co-authored the Star Wars book. If you've seen it out uh, in publication out in the stores, uh, the Star Wars book, uh, really cool. So they're going to be doing their live interview. I think they usually go on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Central Time. So uh, check your local listings, as they used to say uh, in the old TV Guide days. But, uh, yeah, WSTR, Galactic Public Access, another one of our wonderful Red 5 networks are doing uh, their show with uh, that author and host uh, of Coffee with Kenobi. So that would be great. Hello there. All right, Brad, and speaking of growth, you know, we've got a new uh, partnership with uh, the folks over at PlexReel.com, and uh, I wanted to kind of mention that because we, we were thinking about a rebranding, and I know uh, Josh and Adam over at, uh, from a certain point of view, they started doing a little rebranding of their own, and uh, I joked around with them that they beat us to the punch, but uh, obviously we are first and foremost a Star Wars podcast, but we're also nerds too, runs in our blood, and uh, we want to be able to talk about other things. Uh, I think we'll be able to do that, but we've got a new uh, partnership with uh, Plex Reel, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. They talk about uh, news and developing stories, original content from the entertainment industry, as it says on their website. But uh, there's a lot of nerd and geek and uh, genre stuff on there, too. So uh, we're going to take a couple of uh, articles of theirs uh, in future shows and really talk about it um, as a uh, short little segment brought to, brought to you guys by PlexReel. Uh, you guys should check them out. Their website is uh, pretty comprehensive. A lot of uh, really great articles on there. And I know you're uh, reading a few right now, aren't you? Yeah, I just got done reading uh, one about uh, this was actually just from last week uh, from February 9th about uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, but it is our kind of website. They they talk about Star Wars. Obviously, this one's about Obi-Wan uh, and giving us some more details on that show, which hopefully they can start production on soon enough. Um, but there's also uh, other articles on there 
um, about uh, Doctor Strange and other things that uh, you and I will be talking about in future episodes. Like you said, our, our, our nerddom uh, goes beyond just Star Wars, so we look forward to uh, having more of these discussions and uh, looking forward to more interactions with um, the folks at PlexReal.com. Very exciting stuff. And I know, uh, you know, you're talking about Obi-Wan and the series and the new show. Uh, I posted a uh, an image of Obi-Wan and Darth Maul because I know Ray Parks is kind of teasing us on Instagram. Yeah, he has. Um, maybe we'll uh, we'll get some news or maybe we'll get some uh, some theories going in the next uh, Tatooine Hot Takes. But uh, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, Ray might just be trolling us a little bit, but uh, we can hold out hope for at least a little bit um, that uh, maybe we'll get some more of that content. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we are first and foremost a Star Wars podcast, and uh, I posted a while ago, what does Star Wars mean to you? Hashtag Star Wars Inspires. It's one of my favorite two-part episodes, uh, Star Wars Inspires, and we got a lot of uh, great topics as far as how Star Wars inspires them, but uh, that's one of my favorite shows. Uh, I was wondering what your favorite show or one of your favorite shows. I know we've been getting a lot of traction from some of our older shows, uh, as we mentioned in the uh, episode earlier, but uh, what are some of your favorites? Yeah, you know, it's been, uh, we kind of mentioned this on our Red 5 get-together. It's been a rough week for the uh, Star Wars fandom. We've been saying that too much lately. Um, you know, what, what does Star Wars mean to us? And, and it's really about friendship. You know, Lando talks about that in The Rise of Skywalker. You know, when asked, how did you take down the Empire? Well, we had each other. You know, that's that, that's how they took down the Empire, just a you know, small band of brothers and, and, and sisters. And uh, that's really what it's all about, and that's friendship. Uh, so yeah, that, you know, with that in mind, uh, episode 38 back from, uh, September, uh, we did that with the, the ladies of the, uh, force of light entertainment podcast, uh, talking about friendships and, uh, whether they be, uh, uh, platonic relationships or romantic relationships, all those different, uh, uh, interactions and, and, uh, relationships, uh, friends and lovers, uh, episode 38. So for our scare free play, check that out back from September. Again, uh, shout out to the ladies at force of light entertainment. That was a pretty fun discussion that we had with them. Wow. September seems like such a lifetime ago. I know we, uh, did some really great, uh, team ups with some of our red five networks, but, uh, if you're listening to this and, uh, you have a podcast and you'd like to kind of, uh, share some notes with us or be on the show, we are always up to a team up. I know we got some team ups coming up with some of our red fivers, but, uh, yeah, the direct messages us. Uh, cause we, uh, like I said, we love to collaborate. We'd love to have you on the show or just kind of chit chat. We're all nerds, man. So, uh, Brad, uh, I want to thank you for uh, joining me today and, uh, talking tattooing hot takes. I know we had a couple of great topics and we're going to talk about some stuff and we're going to do some things. And, uh, yeah. And it, uh, you know, 90% of the country might be, uh, buried in snow right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <Christ>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 90% of the country might be buried in snow right now, but it is always sunny on Scarif, and that's the scuttlebutt.
This station is now the ultimate power in the universe.